Welcome, it's Amelia Andalion, yoga and meditation teacher. And today's episode invites you to cultivate a directed mind of limitless potential. Doesn't that sound amazing? <laughs> well, that's the invitation in this meditation. And I also share what I've been doing, acts of simplicity, rituals that I've been using during my day and my morning to start my day to ground myself and keep myself from being overwhelmed by what's going on in this world, in this life, on this planet, and, and in my small world you know, where my daughter is starting high school, first year in high school, and she's doing it from home, <laughs> looking on Zoom and looking on computer and and uh, seeing her teacher and other classmates and, and little Brady Bunch squares. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's life. And um, I have to laugh because I keep thinking, okay, are we still in this Twilight Zone episode? Are we still in some sci-fi movie that's happening? I don't exactly know what's going on. And it's and it's good to laugh because, yeah, the alternative is to, like, totally go crazy. And um, the other alternative is to practice yoga and meditation and get perspective. And um, it can be very easy during times of crisis and stress and worry if the mind it can it can spiral it can spiral into a pool of anxiety where you can feel like you're drowning and my offering through this podcast and through these meditations is to throw you a, a life ring and and pull you in and offer you these tools to connect your breath and tell you that everything is okay. Even if it doesn't feel okay, it's going to be okay. And just trust. And just trust that it's going to be okay. And I'm doing the same for myself. And I'm choosing to have hope. To have hope when times feel bleak. When I look closer, I am able to find good things in my life and I'm inviting you to do that too you have your breath celebrate your breath notice the little things get ready grab your meditation cushion grab your mat grab a chair thanks for being here to share a passage from Meditations from the Mat. It's a book of daily reflections, daily reflections on the path of yoga by Rolf Gates and Katrina Kennison. And it starts, this particular passage starts with a quote by Swami Vivekananda. The mind generally takes up various objects, runs into all sorts of things. That is the lower state. 
there is a higher state of the mind when it takes up one object and excludes all others. Swami Vivekananda. In yogic scriptures, the same point is made over and over again. The distracted mind has no power. The directed mind has limitless potential. Most of the work we do in yoga precedes dhyana. And dhyana is Sanskrit for meditation. It may take years and seemingly endless diligence before you can curb your restless mind and bring in to bear on the things that make life worthwhile. But the time you'll spend in dhyana with a directed mind will increase as you practice. And I want to repeat some of this, especially if you're new to meditation, to really understand that it takes a practice, it takes diligence, it takes time. It may take years and seemingly endless diligence before you can curb your restless mind and bring it to bear on the things that make life worthwhile. Curb your restless mind and bring it to bear on the things that make life worthwhile. But the time you'll spend in dhyana with a directed mind will increase as you practice. So let those words sit with you to let you absorb it, to take it in, to receive it in your personal experience and how you would apply that to your life and to your meditation practice. If you're wondering about the title of this episode, Do Bees Smell Fear? Well, that has to do with the stories coming up. And I decided to Google, Do Bees Smell Fear? And I got mixed answers. And of course, I am not a bee expert at all. So I have my personal experience, which you'll hear next. And I could not find any definitive answer that said, if you are fearful, that a bee, that there's a greater chance that a bee will sting you. And if you are not fearful, you are protected from a bee stinging you. So I don't know, but if anyone out there is a bee expert, I would love to hear it. Let me know, direct message me, leave it in the comments, leave it in a feedback in a, in a review. And it actually doesn't even matter. The answer doesn't matter really. The story is still the story. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Cultivating a directed, focused mind is a practice. And the more I practice, the more I notice how it shows up in my life off my mat, where for me, that's where my yoga practice really matters. 
my yoga practice, whether it's a vinyasa practice or sitting on my cushion meditating, that supports my mindset in how I carry it into my day, into my decisions, into how I communicate with others, and probably more importantly for me, how my meditation and yoga practice has been impactful is noticing all of the conversations, the self-talk, the conversations that I have with myself. Who am I listening to? What am I listening to? Am I listening to thoughts in the present moment? Am I actually listening to myself? Or am I listening to something from the past, teachers, parents, somebody that's been in authority? And the more that I practice yoga, the more I practice meditation, the more I'm in the default of noticing that these are my thoughts right now that I'm generating and the thoughts that arise being in the state of observation of mindfulness that I can choose what I like to receive, listen to these messages, these, this inner self-talk or can I recognize by shining a light of reality and notice this thought does not serve me. Thank you and no thank you. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Compliment sandwich as I've parented and taught my daughter and other kids. Yeah, thank you and no thank you. <laughs> I am going to release that thought because it's not even mine. And that's the, the power and the beauty of meditation and how that can show up in your mental, mental state, your mental landscape. So a few of my acts of simplicity, and I've shared in previous episodes how I like to get out into my garden, and I'll walk you through what that looks like in the morning. So coming downstairs, going down into the kitchen, I have a drawer where I have my, my scissors for cutting flowers and cutting herbs. And it's literally part of my ritual. It's like this tactile, I know exactly opening up that drawer, grabbing the scissors, which are orange and black. I walk out the door, out my sliding glass door into the backyard, and I walk out barefoot. Typically I'm barefoot because I wanna feel. I wanna feel the ground underneath the soles of my feet. So everything from the tactile, opening the drawer, what are my fingers touching, walking right foot and left foot, feeling my steps on the ground, the texture of the cement of the patio, and then stepping onto the grass and feeling that difference and noticing all the sensations, awakening the physical sensations in my body. And there was a time when I would go out and I would play a podcast. I'd put my AirPods on as I was cutting my flowers and cutting my herbs or watering my garden. And I still do that. And I noticed if I take the time to completely let my ears listen to the present moment, listen to the birds in the yard, listen to an airplane, a car, maybe a weed eater in the neighborhood, 
all of that, that actually invites me deeper into the present moment where I'm at. And there are times when I listen to my daily podcasts and, and I still do that and I love that. And the more I, the more you can awaken as many senses as possible. Now, what do we have? We've got the physical sense, the touch, the tactile. We have the eyes. What are you looking at? What do you see with your eyes? What do you observe? What do you hear? Notice the hearing. Notice what you hear outside of you. Notice what you hear inside. You might notice your breath. What do you hear? Notice. And the taste. What do you notice in the taste of your mouth? And then smell. What do you smell? So going back to my ritual of cutting my flowers. So I see my lavender. So this morning I walked out to my lavender and I saw where did I want to cut in my lavender. I looked at the shape of my lavender shrubs. I'm mindful how I cut because I want to leave them with a pleasant aesthetic. And that's part of my mindfulness in being mindful of where do I clip and snip the lavender. And as I'm snipping, I can smell the waft of that perfume, the fragrance of the lavender, that fresh lavender. So not, not a, an artificial lavender, which is so different, but breathing in this lavender, which for me, I personally enjoy. And the other thing that came to mind as I was reflecting on the lavender and noticing the bees, the bees that were buzzing around and they're typically buzzing around, buzzing from bud to bud, you know, sipping at their nectar as I have my morning coffee. I actually don't have coffee right now. I do my mushroom coffee. <laughs> I might talk about that in another episode, but that's what I'm drinking right now because I don't, I don't, uh, my body does not receive the caffeine of regular coffee very well. So for me, I have my morning mushroom coffee. These bees, they're sipping on their morning nectar on the lavender. And I had a flashback to when I was in first grade and I got stung by a bee. Stung by a bee playing in the front yard in our, was it our first? Yeah, it was our first house in Washington State in first grade, this small little house. And I often played outside, you know, back in those days. I didn't want to be inside. I didn't have a lot of shiny objects that wanted to keep me inside. I had very limited TV time and, of course, no iPhones, nothing like that, no video games. And I wanted to be outside climbing trees. And one day I got stung by a bee. And then that was the first time I realized I was allergic to bees. I did not go into an anaphylaxis shock, but I did swell up. I almost could not see out of my eyes because the swelling, my entire face looked like, you know, the elephant man where you almost couldn't see the, the details of my face because I was so swollen. And I started to get some shortness of breath. And my mom, who was a nurse, she was there. She was monitoring me. And I was okay, but I clearly had an allergy to bees. And 
sometime in my childhood, in my early childhood, I heard and learned the message that bees can smell fear. And this flashback, it came to me and I realized that I started at a young age training my mind, directing my mind to choose which thoughts to believe and how to regulate and manage my reaction. So instead of developing a fear of bees, which I initially did, I, I was afraid of bees because I was, I was worried that would I die the next time if I got stung by a bee. And to take the precautions, I have an EpiPen, you know, I have that there if I need it. And honestly, I have not been stung since then. No, maybe once, once by a yellow jacket, but I did not have the same reaction as I did to, to the bees, to the bee. And since I was a kid and I cultivated this mind, mindset of bees can smell fear, how I trained my mind was I decided to make friends with the bees. In fact, I imagined that the bees were like cartoon characters and I could visualize them moving in slow motion and they became my friends and I would talk to them like friends. And because I was so friendly and so calm, I was confident that they would not want to sting me. And at the same time, if I saw a beehive, which I did as a young adult, I was hiking with a friend, Steve, and we were hiking up in the mountains in the Olympic Peninsula, and we saw a beehive, and there was a swarm of bees And I mentioned to him, and by this time we were six miles, six miles into the hike, which meant we had another six miles. So it was a 12 mile day hike, which is the type of thing that I like to do for fun. That's my idea of fun sometimes. Anyway, so on this hike, we saw like a a really big beehive, a full beehive, the type of beehive that Winnie the Pooh would love to swipe down and get his paw in there and get a big, huge paw full of juicy golden honey. And for us, I didn't want to press my luck and, and walk right into a beehive. And as we looked at this beehive, we noticed it looked like a swarm of bees was flying towards us. And we're like, okay. (laughs) It's like, the bees can smell fear. I'm telling myself that bees can smell fear. So calming my mind as much as my, I can and also being real and kicking into my survival. So I had this balance of effort and ease. Balance of effort and ease. It's like don't panic and yet have not street smarts, but have nature smarts. Respect nature. Respect the fact that these are real, live stingers that these bees could if they wanted to they could attack me and if i had one or more especially if i had two bee stings i don't know what i don't know what would happen to me because i've never experienced more than that one when i was five five or six years old anyway so we we first actually started walking fast (laughs) and luckily on our way back We had already made it to the peak of this mountain and 
we were starting our descent. So we could pick up our pace on the way down and we would look over our shoulder and we could see the bees. And it's like, are they really, are they chasing us? Is this an imagination? We're not sure, but we're gonna turn around and we're gonna head the six miles back down the hill. Because, and maybe you've guessed and maybe you've wondered, did I remember to pack my EpiPen that day on that hike? Oh no, I did not. <laughs> because the other thing that has happened to me in my lifetime, in most of my lifetime, is that I've had this mindset that I am invincible. And sometimes that puts me in situations of taking risks and thinking, oh, I'm going to be okay. And that's actually served me well. I haven't knock on wood. Do I have wood next to me? Can you hear that? Okay, I found some wood. Knock on wood. I, I have not been in... Yeah, I can't think of, I don't have a, a memory. I don't have a history of experiencing a lot of trauma. And not that I haven't had some trauma in my life. I have experienced things that I wish I haven't experienced, but I would say overall, looking at my entire life, I have felt mostly protected and safe. And that's also how I've chosen my mindset to look at my life that way. If I sat you down and I told you some of the things that have happened in my life, you might have a different opinion and think, oh my gosh, you've had all of that happen to you. How can you say that you haven't experienced trauma? And that's true. There was a time when I did view my life and my experiences in my life as, you know, asking myself, reading that Harold Kushner book, why do bad things happen to good people? Why? I did used to think that. And I also used to believe I am invincible. So back to the story. So no EpiPen, 12 mile hike, a total, total rookie mistake. And I was not a rookie. I'm a very experienced hiker and backpacker. And we did not intend to go on as long of a hike, but regardless, you know, I know better. Pack it just in case, pack it. So I didn't have it and we made it all the way down the hill. We only saw that swarm of bees at the top of the mountain in a tree with this beautiful beehive that was hanging full, you know, from this, this big thick branch of a tree. And the power of the mind to cultivate a directed focus mind. It has allowed me to shift from an experience of fear into calm. And then back to my rituals. So I hang out with my bees, <laughs> with the lavender, having this flashback of, wow, it's so amazing that I can be here in the midst of these bees. And it wasn't just one or two bees, it's quite a few bees buzzing around me. And I do this almost every day. I go out and I, and I cut the lavender. I went over to the mint. My mint has actually, it has bolted and added some flowers in the mint. And I noticed that there were bees also buzzing around the mint. And again, the bees can smell fear. 
this is what I believe. Somebody tell me if this is true or not. Is this really true? This is, this is how I cultivated my calm mind around the bees. So I clipped some of the mint. I clipped some of the lavender. I went to my hydrangea bushes. I have very few hydrangea flowers left, but I had enough to create a couple of vases, small vases, which I put in jars and just sprinkle them throughout the house because they make me happy. And every single part of this ritual involves an awakening of my physical sensations. And then to complete the ritual, I bring in the herbs, I create bouquets. In this case, it was lavender and mint and a small hydrangea. Arrange them, look at them, and I reflected on why does this make me so happy? What is it about this ritual that invites such calm and such grounding? And one is I'm connected to nature. I know for me, that's one of my touchstones that grounds me, literally getting my feet touching the earth, literally touching a plant, touching this lavender and this mint and smelling it, awakening my senses and committing to this time to be so present to this experience of gathering and creating these small, simple bouquets, putting them in jars and then setting them around the house. And it gives me a reminder that I started my day in a meditation, in a meditative state. And when I fill my mind with so much awareness of my sensations, I don't have space or room to allow worry or anxiety or clutter or things that are happening out in the world they don't come in because there's, there's just no space. There's just not this ability because I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I'm so immersed in being present in this simple act, this act of simplicity. And that's a, a simple act of simplicity, a daily ritual. And I'll share one more one more practice that I added this last weekend was to declutter my mind. I realized it was time to declutter my closet, <laughs> my walk-in closet. I have, for the first time in my life, I have a, a walk-in closet and I loved it when I first got it. I felt like, wow, I'm a grown-up now. I actually have a walk-in closet. I can walk in and it's not just sliding doors it actually has a door and I, I can hang clothes and it has a it has a ground that I can actually put a chair and it's, it's not that big but it's the biggest closet I've ever had before and really it's not that big but it's it was significant enough that I appreciated it and over the last couple of years this closet which started off started off organized <laughs> which started off not being cluttered started became becoming a collection spot for boxes and bags of things that I was trying to hide 
whether it be birthday presents or Christmas presents or something or just a space because I had the space okay it became a dumping ground and next thing I know I could barely see the floor because I had so many boxes and bags and bags that were filled with stuff stuff that I didn't even know what it was and and frankly a lot of the boxes and the bags were even empty and it was just time for for me to recycle and and purge and and declutter the closet and through that practice to notice how it invited an experience of decluttering my mind especially when I walk in the closet there's like there's an ease now you know that feng shui is just like there's an ease where your space where you live your environment if you can be intentional in creating your space being mindful of how something looks the is the aesthetic and if you choose if you choose to have piles you know let it just be intentional and no judgment no criticism be intentional in how you create your physical space where you live and where you breathe and notice how notice how it impacts your thinking your thoughts your experience of living in your home your home your car and take the time to do that Marie Kondo <laughs> whether you follow her or not I actually don't exactly follow exactly what she preaches and her decluttering method but you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about if you don't know who she is check her out Marie Kondo K-O-N-D-O all right so there is my suggestion on a couple of things that you could do invite acts of simplicity invite daily rituals to set the tone of your day and use those rituals also as times to pause to take a pause in your day to reset if you're feeling like you're feeling overwhelmed overwhelmed with something happening close to you in your in your life in your home and your family or something happening like way bigger like what's happening in the world whatever it is if you're experiencing some type of an overwhelm and the mind is starting to feel stressed and cluttered and full an act of simplicity give it a try this meditation is simple there's been a lot of talking in this episode sharing practicing a meditative mind off your mat and now create your seat with intention and connect to all of the sensations in the body the physical sensations notice what you feel in the body the skin the muscles the bones and notice your breath and notice the breath breathing you notice how the body moves how the chest rises and falls how the expansion of the rib cage 
in the front and the sides and the back of the body. Notice all of the physical sensations from the temperature of the room you're in. Notice if there happens to be any movement of air. What do you notice about your physical sensations of the body? Including what do you see with your eyes? What do you hear? Hear my voice, hear the sound of your own breath. Maybe notice the music, something maybe beyond what's in the room, the space that you're in, something in the distance. Awaken the hearing and awaken your sense of smell the sense of taste and I will leave you in this remaining meditation for about seven more minutes for you to focus on your sensations what you're experiencing and I will stop talking until the meditation ends and then I'll invite you to take five deep breaths.
gently notice the sound of my voice. Awaken the sensation of hearing. And observe the observer. Notice yourself as you sit in this meditation. And observe yourself noticing the physical sensations during this practice. Observe yourself with curiosity as a check-in to how you are feeling, a check-in during this experience of meditation. And keeping it simple, observe the observer. And check in to notice how did you feel before this meditation? How did you feel before this podcast, this episode? And how do you feel? What do you think? What do you sense now? After hearing suggestions on how to cultivate a directed mind, a focused mind off the mat, And did any ideas for acts of simplicity come to mind? Any rituals that you will intend to set an intention to begin to set the tone of your day or set the tone during your day or to set the tone before you go to bed at night? Take this last five breaths for final reflection and focused, directed mind connected to self. And then now shift your connection to something bigger than yourself. And ask yourself, is there a purpose, a higher purpose? Is there something that came to mind in this moment or sometime during this meditation that you would like to take action, that you would like to commit to as you leave your meditation cushion, as you leave this time and space of meditation and mindfulness. And knowing that it's not better or worse if something, if a message, if 
an invitation if it presented itself to you or not. Just be in the opening of welcoming it in, of observing. Take a final breath in. And sigh and empty out the breath. Open your eyes. And arrive to this present moment. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. And I hope that my suggestions and my stories were helpful in cultivating a focused directed mind. And maybe you got something out of my stories about training the mind like I did starting as a kid. And one thing that I didn't mention was the significance of me looking back at, you know, I did this when I was in elementary school, you know, telling myself that the bees smell fear and I trained my mind. So it wasn't taking a meditation class when I was a kid. Somehow, some, I don't know, divine intervention, some inner wisdom, being a child and being open to let my imagination serve me, serve me in a way that gave me a strength and allowed me to develop my own way of combating fear. It reminded me that anyone can do this at any age, no matter how young, no matter how old. It doesn't have to be a master meditator. That the possibility to shift your mindset to serve you in a way that lets you you move through life and live through life with ease, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, that it's possible for you and me and for everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. I'd love to hear from you. Send me direct messages. Leave me a review. Let me know what's working. Let me know what you would like to hear in the future. And if you haven't yet, check into my website, spirituallyfityoga.com. And I know some of my listeners here are yoga students. And you know, and some of you may not know, that I post my community Zoom classes on my website. I post the details of the Zoom info, the dates and the times. And I'd love for you to join me. Oh, check it out spirituallyfityoga.com and have a blessed day. Namaste.